up and do my thing. I want to get into it, man, you know. Like a, like a sex machine, man. Moving, doing it, you know. Can I count it off? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the African American Man Podcast Show, The Tough Love Messenger. I am your host, King Vision. Our message and agenda is encouraging accountability, leadership among the African American man within our communities. You can find us at itrnradio.com. Welcome to another show of the Tough Love Messenger. I am your host, King Vision. For your listening pleasure, you can listen to us on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and Google Play. I hope everyone had a lovely, lovely Thanksgiving with your family. And that's important. And we're coming up on the holidays. Try not to spend too much money because you know you got to pay for it. We don't want those credit cards reaching $10,000 in your family. We want to make sure that 2024, you are focused on generational wealth. Lady Future, let's clip it. What, nigga? We don't own shit. We won't even save the money and put it in our community so we can build together, bro. You know what I'm saying? But we want to sit up here and be proud. Proud of what, man? You know what I'm saying? You call the white boy, we call you want to, man. When he fell play, guess what that nigga did? He went storm the Capitol. All we gonna do is march. All we gonna do is protest and march and beg somebody to do something for us, man. You know what I'm saying? We gotta stand up for ourselves. Right now, economically, bro, we the weakest link, man. All these basketball players, all these rapid ass niggas, bro, we ain't got no schools, we ain't got no banks, we ain't got no hospitals and nothing, Kimpo. And if you ain't got nothing to bargain with, bro, how can you come to the table? Black men are the weakest link. We the weakest link, bro. And niggas ain't gonna wanna admit it because it's too shameful, man. You know what I'm saying? We run around here calling ourselves kings and queens and all this other shit. We don't own shit. We ain't trying to build shit. We won't come together and build together. None of that shit, bro. All we do is promote the destruction of one another, man. That's all we do. You know what I'm saying? By the way of hip-hop, by the way of social media, all this other shit. Man, white folks come in, come along and do us any kind of way, bro. They can kill another one of us right in front of us, bro, and we ain't gonna do shit. We ain't gonna do nothing but march, bro. All we gonna do is march. But the moment another one of us, the, the moment somebody that look just like you, bro, the moment somebody look just like you make a comment on social media that they don't agree with, they ready to come kill you and your whole family, dog. You know what I'm saying? We running around here, we kings, queens, kings and queens of what, nigga? We don't own shit. We won't even save the money and put it in our community so we can build together, bro. You know what I'm saying? But we want to sit up here and be proud. Proud of what, man? You know what I'm saying? You call the white boy, we call you want to, man. When he fell play, guess what that nigga did? He went storm the Capitol. All we gonna do is march. All we gonna do is protest and march and beg somebody to do something for us, man. You know what I'm saying? We gotta stand up for ourselves. Right now, economically, bro, we the weakest link, man. All these basketball players, all these rapid ass niggas, bro, we ain't got no schools, we ain't got no banks, we ain't got no hospitals or nothing, Kimpo. And if you ain't got nothing to bargain with, bro, how can you come to the table? Black men are the weakest link. You know, more and more as I study and pay attention to some of the ideas, some of the focus, 
some of the major, major concerns in our community, you begin to hear more of us showing passion and frustration and concern. And this is why we have this show for that particular reason, is that we're calling upon the African-American man to step up, to unite. Now it's easier said than done because many of us in our own personal profession, we work for someone else. We may have done well for ourselves. We may invest in 401ks and we're okay when retirement comes. But rarely do you see many of us running businesses and understanding the concept of profit, understanding the concept of creating employment for our people, understanding the focus in our community. And so it is that it's upon us. And 50 years from now, when our communities don't have any chance of showing any positive outcomes in terms of education, finance, there's only one person heading this up that we will, excuse me, will be held accountable, will be the African-American man. Lady Future, let's clip it. Men today, their problem is overmothered, underfathered, still in their 20s and 30s, living at home with their mother being overmothered and underfathered. A mother's instinct is to protect and to nourish and to keep him from harm's way, which is exactly what he needs when he's a baby. But when he becomes a grown man, he needs a father to say, you know what? Life is about risk and responsibility. Go get a job or you will be hungry. Get off the payroll. Take responsibility for yourself. It's time to man up. It's time to grow up and don't run to your mother. There's something in a young man that longs for that. There's something in a young man that says, yes, now I'm with my father and my father is teaching me how to be a man so that one day I can be a father. Most as we go through life and we find more and more and many of the clips that we have, they talk about the absence of the father. So not that that's going to change, but what has to happen is many of us African-American fathers that are in our families, it's important that we become coaches on baseball teams. It's, in, it's important that many of us have to take on a surrogate father role. If nothing less than a mentor, it's gonna be important because those particular young men that once they reach an age where they start having children, they only raise their children and raise their men, raise their daughters, daughters based on what they know. And if they haven't had an African-American man influence, then they can't influence an African-American male in any way, shape, or form in a very positive and productive way of life. Lady Future, let's clip it. Talk all that shit y'all want. It took me over 50 years to realize the whole time it was these niggas, homie. At first, yeah, the white man, yeah, racism, yeah, slavery. Yeah, I fell for the banana in the tailpipe too. But the more I interact with people, the more I see this shit clearly for what it is. It's always been niggas destroying niggas. 
setting niggas up. Just like Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was niggas that set up the play for the white man to come in there and get it. See, the white man, all he does is take advantage of us fighting and killing each other. So I can't hate the white man for doing that. Because you best believe, like I say, when you go up where them white folks at, that shit is peaceful, clean, and they got that shit under control. We don't control our shit. And this is why we fucked up, black man. It is what it is. And that's that. You know, it always bothers me when we use the N-word. It does bother me. But many of this information is relevant. We don't necessarily need to listen to the delivery, but I encourage you to listen to the content. And when men, African and men, speak like this, again, as I stated before, there is frustration, there is concern. And the worst thing out of all of this, we are starting to feel helpless because we know what we need, but we find the people that have the greatest influence and the greatest resources turned a blind eye to our community. Lady Future, let's clip it. White brothers are afforded. Mm -hmm. Is the luxury of airing their grievance and then having someone immediately produce a policy or a practice that addresses his grievance. Mm. And when a black man or a brown man airs his grievance, he is immediately told to go back to something, either a place or a state of being. Right. That is one of the most profound effects of racism on black and brown men. What I Now, this is where I find a lot of my own personal frustration. We're always asking them to solve our problems with the amazing African-American people in our community, the amazing education, the knowledge, and, and some of the most important accomplishments made personally. But it's important that we start to create the we factor, not the I factory factor, the we. And once we understand it's we, It'll change within one to two decades. But I understand his frustration. Lady Future, let's clip it. Platform now and people are listening to you. What is the message that you want to get across to the youth? I spent 12 years trying to get a message to the youth, homie. This youth generation will not, cannot, and does not have a message. Their ears are closed to anything that they don't idolize. They don't listen to their parents. They don't listen to the teachers. They don't listen to the coaches. They only listen to what they idol. So this generation will not have a message. They will not have a messenger. They will be destroyed. That's why you see 10-year-old kids dying. That's why if you look at the death toll and you look at the youth murders, that's why you see old ain't killing each other. Old people aren't dying of old age right now. They're living. We're at living our youth. We're going to spend the next 20 years watching young people die like we did in the 90s so we can purge and cleanse a new generation of people. We fed hate to this group of kids. This group don't know love. This group don't know loyalty. And you can't develop those concepts in such a time of turmoil or uh, this bloodshed right now. Knowing that you and I clearly understand that, but I would venture and I would encourage 
the baby boomers and Generation X, we definitely know better because we experience better. But if you're going to purge, you have to let that generation that you have no confidence in and the young African-American males that are coming up, and I mean from the ages 8 to 15, those are the years that we're going to develop as an individual. That's the time we need to make sure they respect their parents, respect our women, and especially our women, because hopefully they're going to have a wife. Hopefully they're going to have daughters. And it's important that they understand the importance of family. Lady Future, let's clip it. Here's a fact. It ain't game. It's the fact that that generation of men, and if you want me to be honest, I really want to say any man born after the 70s lost it. That generation of men knew what a man was supposed to do. And they valued the contribution of a woman. Those were the grown men that didn't mind singing love songs. Think about Motown. Think about the Smokey Robinsons. Think about the old school music when they used to sing the panties off. They coming to see me, Otis. Baby, them women would be in the front fainting because back then, men knew what love was. They weren't ashamed of loving women. They weren't ashamed of showing how much this woman meant to them. They were outside singing in the rain, laying down coats in the water puddle so our feet didn't get wet. But guess what happened? The more independent, the more I don't need no man, the more we screamed, I can do it too. I don't need your help. I got it. I feel like the more they backed away. So if you start looking at the shift of how men used to be, you got you to also look at how the women used to be. And that may explain why the old men had game. No, they didn't have game. They just loved their women properly. But that's because as women, we were able to accept it back then. Now we're too busy proving that we don't need and you ain't got to. And we might be cutting off our own well treatment. Here's a fact. You know, again, I admire her outlook and I admire her opinion immensely. However, when they decided to create a situation or a crisis in our community saying that the black man could not be in the house when the government was was gonna help us, when they were reaching out to us. Well, to me, as an African-American man, I only need to see that maybe two to three years and I got the game locked down, okay? This is, this is it. So what you see is the African-American man stepping away and saying, okay, I'll accept this game. And now, 20 to 30 years later, just generation, this is the result of the African-American man abandoning his family and accepting worse than mediocrity. Lady Future, let's clip it. 
to ask is uh, why am I so insistent upon giving out to them that blackness, that black power, that black pushing them to identify with uh, 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 black culture. I think that's what you're asking. It's, it's, I have no choice over it in the first place. To me, we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world, black people. I mean, and I mean that in every, every sense, uh, outside and inside. And to me, we have a culture that uh, is surpassed by, 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 by no other civilization, but we don't know anything about it. So again, I think I've said this before in this same interview, I think uh, at some time before, my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Uh, that's the great Nina Simone. So you got to know that was many years ago. It may be in the 60s or I think the 70s for sure. But we have always, always had people like Nina Simone that are focused on the advancement and the betterment of the African-American community. And as she stated, knowing who you are and where you came from. You hear this over and over and over. And the question is, what are we going to do about it? That is the focus. And with that, you have to look at this as a crisis situation. Now, a crisis is one thing, but a no return, that's a whole different thing. Because even if you want to change it, you can't because it's too late. Lady Future, let's clip it. Talked about lyrics. I don't care about none of that. You got to watch whose names you mentioning out here. Mm -hmm. You heard? Yeah. Because my little cousin might not like how you mentioned my name. Mm. I want to say this publicly again. I stand with my brother D1 because he's standing on the truth. All right. It's interesting to me how all of these rappers, right, will come together and, and we'll mourn about Nipsey Hussle and these other rappers that lose their life. But when someone tries to hold you accountable for how the message in your music is contributing to the mindset of a lot of these individuals who are going out and committing these murders and pushing certain lifestyles and degrading our women, y'all get upset. And the reason that you get upset and the reason that that demon in you is manifesting is because it's money, right? You've sold your soul. You've pushed this message and that message has given you money. And without that message, you don't have the money. And that's really what it comes down to. And the love of money is the root of all evil. You're not willing to really have that conversation with him and, and change the, the behavior and be accountable for the message you put out there because of the love for the money. And that's really what the problem is. But like I said before, with Rick Ross, Meek Mill, I stand with my brother because he's standing on the truth and he's being bold and we need more of that. And now you're going to see who's going to politic, you know, in the Christian community and who's going to be a real one and stand publicly with their brother. All right. Truth is controversial. Truth makes demons manifest. He talked. I can't deny anything that the brother said. And again, if we had our men in the community, if we had our men in the house, 
there's no way that these rappers would sing about these particular issues. Now, we hear over and over again, they're only talking about their community. They're only talking about how what they've been exposed to. They're only talking about things that they see in their community. Again, who is responsible for the production, the outcomes, the success, the culture in our community? You can't keep saying it's the woman. It's not the African-American sister. Brothers, you own this. And this is why we're where we're at. The interesting thing, many of my colleagues have been talking about this for at least a decade. And now you hear it more and more within the recent year or so, the impact of this negative music. Lady Future, let's clip it. What's up, bro? How you doing? Yeah, I know. Same. Did you know it was Men's Mental Health Month? Of course not, because nobody's really going to talk about that, but that's that's why I'm here. I just wanted to come in and check on you. I also wanted to just tell you that I'm proud of you. And I know as a man, right, some days seem a lot harder than others. And ain't nobody going to clap for you for doing what you're supposed to do. That's just the reality of it. There's no pat on the back. But guess what? You made it another day. You asked to be here. And it's important to realize that your future self needs you. And so I never want you to underestimate the hole your absence would leave if you were not here on this earth. We all are remarkable in our own way. And it's just our duty to figure out what makes us special and to give that to the world. But I don't want to hold you up too long. Just wanted to come in and check on your mental health again. Um, and just tell you that I'm proud of you. And I hope to see you again soon, bro. Have a good one. You know, as I talk about some of our concerns and issues in our community, <clears throat> mental health is rising at an alarming rate, and especially among African-American men, and the suicide rate among young African-American men is at an all-time high. And so I just felt like this little clip would make us sit back and think. Your own future self needs you. So again, let's think in a positive way, accept the situation, but allow yourself to change the situation in a positive manner because you are needed and you are the future. Lady future, Let's clip it. Has been around for 50 years. Not a single hospital, not a single school, not a single bank, not a single supermarket, not a single distribution company. How can we call hip hop a blessing to the black community when that type of money being made off of our culture in the community doesn't benefit from it at all? So you come to the community and give out a few turkeys. You come to the community and give out a few pair of sneakers. You come to the community and you throw a couple parties. And in exchange for some damn turkeys and chickens and some sneakers, you push death and destruction on our children for a living. And we're supposed to be okay with that because you dropped off some clothes and some turkeys. It's not acceptable until 
hip-hop begins to be a blessing for the black community, hip-hop is an agent of white supremacy. And then the rapper will say, well, we didn't invent violence. You're right. You didn't invent violence. There was gang-banging before hip-hop. Okay, there was drug dealing before hip-hop. There was black-on-black -black crime before hip-hop. But let me tell you where hip-hop is guilty. Hip-hop glamorized it. Hip-hop glorified it. Hip-hop put a spotlight on negative aspects of black culture. In a situation like that, I don't think there's anything else to add. But I got to say, and this is one of the things I want you to understand about the Tough Love Messenger, and it's not a sense of pointing fingers. It's a sense of many of us look up to Umar Johnson or many of us respect him. But if you know his agenda, he's supposed to be putting together a school. So with his influence that he has, why doesn't he have schools all throughout the United States? And again, it's not a knock. It's the challenge that even he faced. And those are the challenges and those are the conversations we have. Why is it so hard for us as men to work collectively? And each individual that you find that has their own show, it's them. It's not a we thing. It has to become a we culture in order for us to help our community. Lady Future, let's clip it. I expect white supremacy to be exactly what it is. I expect racist white people to be racist white people. So that doesn't surprise me. I study that, right? I know how to respond to it. I know how to exist around it. I know how to navigate away from it. I know how to find a safe space within it. But black people and their anti-blackness is like a gut punch. Because for me, two things. I always I live my life in cause and effect, right? A lot of us focus on the effect of like why people operate in the ways that they do and we punish them for that, right? Like we punish people for being poor. We punish people for being incarcerated, but we don't focus on the cause. Like how did they get there? And so for me, I understand how we got to, how we arrived at anti-blackness, how we arrived at our unknowing of our experiences that allows us to live in ignorance and repeat it, participate in it, be actors of it. But it still stuns me every time I see it because I'm like, damn, you too? You know what I mean? Because how? Like, how, how do you not know in 2023 that what you just said or what you just did was inherently anti-black, right? And as a black person. Yes, as a black I expect white supremacy to be exactly what it is. Yes. Um, what, what interests me again with a certain mentality and i don't really want to elaborate on that particular mentality the only mentality that i would like to focus on in the tough love messenger show is that we focus only our our community we don't need to worry about outside communities because here's the challenge the outside community is not worrying about us we have to worry about each other we don't need to have those conversations on how their white supremacy works. You know, if you're going to say the white supremacy, go to an Asian community, see if they care about what you think. You don't have any racism toward them. Go to a Hispanic community and see, do they care about you? 
They only care about their own community because their structure of cultural collectivity was not destroyed during the era that we went through as slaves. Lady Future, let's clip it. Whether it's illiteracy, incarceration, drug addiction, teen pregnancy, dropping out, special ed, the common thread was not racism. You give white people too much credit. The common thread. Did the daddy stay? All the research shows, whether it's illiteracy, incarceration, drug addiction, teen pregnancy, dropping out, special ed, the common thread was not racism. You give white people too much credit. The common thread. Did the daddy stay? And that's a pastor. And as I state before, more and more of us are realizing that it's the father that has to be in the household. And I think there's a movement coming because although many of us talk about the rappers, the basketball players, the entertainers, they're not necessarily going to make the change. Now, there are people that are involved in the community that are activists, but we need a tribe full of activists in order to make this change that's coming. But I gotta tell you, me personally, I feel good about the amount of African-Americans talking about their concern and their love for their community. A movement is coming. Lady Future, let's clip it. Imagine I would live to see the time where the average rent ranges from $1,870 to $2,500 a month. To make it even more ridiculous. To be approved for an apartment of that magnitude, you gotta have good or great or perfect credit. They say you can't have no evictions, you can't owe a previous landlord. But check this out you have to make three times the amount the rent is. So when you sit back and do the calculation, between $1,870 a month and $2,500 a month. That means you have to make a minimum, a minimum of $5,600 to $7,500 a month in order to be approved. That's insane. Because while we're, because while the rent is getting higher and higher and higher, and it's going to continue to get higher and higher and higher because it's not regulated. Your landlord can come to you tomorrow and say, hey, James. At the end of your lease, the rent will be going up another seven hundred fifty dollars. I, I, I can't, I can't afford that. Uh, well, somebody else will. That's their attitude. I would have never. Even and one of the challenges, and something that this show advocates, is that it is time for many families to start doubling up. And what I mean when I say doubling up, pull your money together buy a home that has at least four bedrooms, at least three baths, and then you try to pool your money together for the next generation. Many times we don't have the time to think like that because we 
collectively are in survival mode. And it's getting very, very, how should I say, we'll be in a state of desperate rather than in a state of just trying to exist. And there's not much difference. But the, but the desperate part is when we start breaking in to our own African-American community homes where people are doing okay and we begin to rob them when they're at home. It's coming. And you see that with the crime rate, the government is talking about it. And trust me, in the next coming year, there's going to be some serious initiatives about the crime rate. And right now we can sit up here and say, oh, the crime rate, you know, the crime rate's the same in every community. No, it's not. We're turning a blind eye to what's coming and what's existing. And this movement has to have that on the agenda to create the change. Lady Future, let's clip it. I got robbed for the first time in my life and I was on a road trip from Los Angeles to San Francisco and as soon as I got to downtown Oakland someone decided they wanted to completely damage my vehicle and steal all of my belongings my electronics clothes purses and suitcases it's been such a sucky situation but I'm so grateful for everyone that has poured into me and kept my spirits high during this crazy ridiculous time I want to spread more awareness on san francisco and oakland it's very very dangerous to travel here and make sure you're staying alert and very cautious i'm not gonna let this crazy situation keep me down for last and as i was just talking about that just before and this is very real and when i saw the video they broke out her window and this is the other thing they've got this system figured out where they will see a rented car. So I would encourage you, if you're in the States and you rent a car that's in California, but for some strange reason it has Las Vegas license plates on it, they're gonna view you as out of town when you're really not, you're just renting a car. But nevertheless, this stuff is real. And I love to always say, if it's happening now, what is it going to be like in 50 years? And this is something that the African-American man has to think about. You have to. Because if you don't think about this and you have a son or a daughter and they have children, which will be your grandkids, what would it be like in their lifetime? And when we have the opportunity, which is now, to change this present trajectory. Lady Future, let's clip it. You know the game is set up. It's a quick observation. You ever been in a strip club with your NBA players? They throwing $200,000 at these strippers. Then you tell them, say, hey, man, tomorrow, let's go take a meeting. Let's figure out how we can invest back in the community and make something positive happen. Then they hit you with the, oh, yeah, man. You got to talk to my accountant. Time out. Where was your accountant at when you was throwing $200,000 at Chlamydia Claire? Yo, this how you... you know, this is very real. And he might be exaggerating with the 200000 but I have heard on a consistent basis, many of these athletes are throwing away 30000 a night, 40000 a night, because it's their money. But what if they threw thirty or 40000 at an elementary school that could use computers? But again, who am I? Lady Future, let's clip it.
and we build up when everybody else do it but us. Well, you've made over $100 million in your career, right? Is 105 going to change? 110 going to change your lifestyle? Realistically. You know how many people you can change lifestyle with $10 million in our hood? In our communities? I tell you, we were in the lockout. We were in, uh, not the lockout, but we were in, uh, in the bubble. George Floyd happens. That's right. We stopped playing. We, we're in there. We go, oh, we're going we to ask the owners for it. We're going to ask the owners for it. Stop asking them for shit. Huh. What are we asking them for? I went down the line. No bullshit. You, you can show, you can show, you can ask these dudes if not. I got Paul George sitting right here. I got DeMar DeRozan sitting right here. We're so trained in this. So I got Russell Westbrook sitting right here. I'm literally sitting next to all of these dudes who are LA guys. I'm like, bro, I'm not counting your chips, but everybody else is. So you make 200, you make 200, you make 175, you make 150, you make 180. Why don't y'all have your own gym? Why we gotta go to, why we gotta go to UCLA to work out in LA every time? You got your own, you got, y'all all come from the exact same community. You, you, you want to inspire kids that look like you. All it takes is five of them. Five. 250, 250, 250, 250, 250, 250. What bank going to turn us down? We about to build this whole shit out for our community. We're going to build gyms, rec centers, start leagues and all that. Who gonna, who's going to stop us? We got the money. We don't have the mindset. Our mindset, we'd rather go throw $60,000 in, in the club, in the strip club. Go throw $60,000 than go feed... 2,500 people in the hood. Think about it. I've done it. I've been, I, can't, I can't sit here and be like, oh, man, I'm a hypocrite. I've done this myself. I, I got Russell Westbrook throwing money in the club, literally, blindlessly, aimlessly drunk at a ball. And now I sit back like, I'm a stupid ass. I could have fed my whole community 10 times over with the money. I was just late on the bus. Right. Because I'm so wrapped into me. I got that Eurocentric mindset. I need this designer jacket. I need these jeans. I need this book bag. I need to be looking like this because the vets got this. I'm pushing this car. I'm doing... Why? Who am I impressing? I'm not even fulfilled with me. Throwing money in the club, literally, blindlessly, aimlessly drunk at a ball. Um, that's J.R. Smith, a professional basketball player. But he understood his ways, and he didn't have a problem saying what he should do and what we need to do. So again, I have to say, I do feel good about us addressing some of our issues. The next phase of this acknowledgement is to start putting boots on the ground. But it's gonna take everyone. An African-American man, you own this. Whether you like it or not, you own it. Lady Future, let's clip it. From the NFL, in your opinion, the thing is, the answer is so simple that people, I think that's why they reject it. It's not only because he stood up for black people, it's because he's somebody that, with the way the NFL does things, can't be controlled. And so the presence of somebody like Colin in the locker room is a threat. It's a threat to um, how they do business because Colin is able to make people think, and that is dangerous. And they don't want that in their locker room. And that's not to imply the guys that in the locker room can't think for themselves or aren't critical thinkers, but they are afraid of what his influence would be. I do have to bring up Eric Reed. Love who, it. Yeah. Who, who obviously was right there side by side with Colin protesting. Mm -hmm. I just, again, broadcasters, when I see them talking a little bit, I try not to tune in. But the times <laughs> that I do hear yeah. them uh Definitely helping erase Colin and Eric, right? Correct. Eric's 
the last season he played, he set two franchise records, right? And he was one of the best, top up there, I don't know, was top three. He was one three. of the best safeties in the league. Yeah, yeah. By far. In his most, position. And most, one of the most productive, absolutely. Hasn't been able to play. No, but and, and the thing is when... Come on, man. Make it make sense. You can't. I can't think of too many defensive players who would be... Who would be number two in tackles at their position? Come on. Who would set records Come at on. their position that same year and then not get a job the next year? Nothing. In your opinion, what are ways that they try to make you forget Colin? Oh, well, I mean, the fact is that when there are obvious records that he has broken and they never bring his name up. Ever. Right. They may, I mean, they may bring up that it was a record held by somebody, but they ain't saying who it is. <laughs> it's one thing to, to, to blackball. Now you're going to act like he didn't exist. And then you remember when they listed him as retired. Yeah. And he was not retired <laughs> was not and he is still not retired. Still not retired. A lot of people don't want the smoke that comes whenever you mention his name. Whenever I mention mm -hmm. Colin's name, it's like, man, I get lit up on social media, just lit up. And I think a lot of people in in broadcasting spaces don't bring his name up is because they they know when they bring him up they know what that's immediately going to conjure they know they know what trolls are going to awaken and they don't feel like dealing with it i don't think frankly any major network had to put out any directive that said don't ever mention colin kaepernick i think it was done willingly after a while and the nfl knew this the, the combination of being distracted by the results, the fact that they're the most lucrative, popular sports league in the country. They knew that all of that, they never had to put out a directive to forget Colin. We were willingly going to sign up to do it. Why is... Those sisters hit on point. And again, they are talking about an African-American man. And we left him out there alone and he was willing to stand alone to sacrifice his career and as many people say for what but he did make a point and he will be remembered he may not be as prolific as muhammad ali but it was a different time because many of us wouldn't leave muhammad ali out there alone as we left colin kaepernick alone Lady Future, let's clip it. So I'm not just talking to Brandon Johnson right now. I'm talking to Governor Pritzker, and I'm talking to President Biden. That as we run into this upcoming political year, where the Democratic Party is on the menu, hear me, people of Chicago and of the United States, it is time for us as black people yeah. to stop voting party. Come on. Yes, it is time for yeah. us to stop voting color. Yes. It is time for us to start voting our self-interest. Yes. Yes. And right. if the Democrats refuses to listen to us, then yeah. it is time for us hey. to start looking at other alternatives. Hey. So I'm not just talking to... I got to tell you, I've had conversations with my colleagues about this subject. And if the Democrats do not come up with this H.R. 40 program and put it on the bill as an initiative or amendment in the United States Congress, and based on what we see is happening, and is it taking too long? Yes, it is. But the United States, or shall I say the Eurocentric thinking 
or we can use colonizers if we like. They only understand when you fight fire with fire. And we have been a people of understanding. As my grandma would say, don't let those people use you. Stupidity. And right now, we're at a state of mind that we're actually docile. But we need to let them know that if they don't start looking at the black community and start focusing on our personal interests and our needs, they're gonna start to lose the black vote. And there is a clear movement going on right now. Lady Future, let's clip it. Want to bring race into this election? Let's do it. Hey, Andy, you got some explaining to do. Exhibit A. Well, I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. You ain't black! It doesn't matter Exhibit whether or not B. they're the victims of society. The end result is they're about to knock my mother on the head with a lead pipe, shoot my sister, beat up my wife, take on my son. He's trying to protect crackhead hunter from black people. To take them out of society. Away from my mother, your husband, our family. He said lock them up. This country is doomed. It is doomed, not just because of African-Americans, by 2040. Andy Bashir has already showed us what he would do during the pandemic. He would not go along with what's best for the Commonwealth of Kentucky. He would go along with Joe Biden, Joe Biden's agenda. He's going to tell you right here when this clip, Joe Biden's agenda right here. It's going to be minority white European. You hear me? And you guys are going to have to start working more with Hispanics. Joe Biden and the Democratic Party want to load up your cities with illegal immigrants. Look at Chicago. Who'll make up a larger portion of the population y'all do. And what are they doing with the black people? They're taking the resources that should be allocated to black people and giving it to the illegal immigrants that are coming over into this country. Is this what you want for the Commonwealth of Kentucky? Andy Bashir is not saying nothing when these far left race baiting smear campaign ads. He's not denouncing it. If Daniel I gotta tell you, um more and more we're starting to hear this. And we're actually seeing it. What they're doing for the immigrants or the migrants, however way we want to word them, or give them their title, this is what I'll say. African Americans, the problem that the colonizers created, we seem to be struggling with overcoming it and understanding what cultural collectivity means. Every other culture has that except for us. And this is why colonizers are willing to work with the immigrants because they all come over with the natural cultural collectivity. They don't criticize their menu when it comes to eating tacos, burritos. They can eat them every single morning and never complain. How often do we really support our community. And the other part is their work ethics. Most Hispanics that are from the ages of 18 to 30 have two jobs. They work day and night. I'd be hard pressed for you, yourself, personally, to name five African-American males that have two jobs and one job is to take care of the family, and the other job is to take care of your parents. 
you'd be hard pressed and you'd be stuttering all day long. Lady Future, let's clip it. God did not create Adam and Eve at the same time. He created Adam first, gave Adam his responsibility, gave Adam his word, because God holds men responsible first. When men abandon their lead responsibility, women are critical, they're essential. He uses easier conigdo. She's an essential collaborator. But when mankind fell, God didn't come and say, Adam and Eve, where are y'all? He said, Adam, where are you? Mm. The Bible says, in Adam all die, not in Adam and Eve all die. Wow. Mm. When God did the covenant, he said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not Sarah, Rebecca, and Rachel. In other words, he would hold men ultimately responsible. In Exodus chapter 34, verses 23 and 24, God called all the males, he left all the women home, and he said, if I can get you men to listen to me, I will send you back and I'll save your nation. Mm. So he holds men ultimately responsible. So when men fail, it's like the foundation of a house failing. The other parts are critical, but the stability of the other parts are dependent upon the solid foundation. Foundations don't have to be pretty, but they better be strong. So God is calling men to be strong so that everything else, family, churches, and culture can be built on their strength. Because if not, then we're calling on women to be women and men. Hmm. And God is not That's calling right. on them to be both. That's He's right. calling on us to be men. When men fail, the Bible... I don't really have anything to add to that. Um, I agree with it 100%. And I'm not really a religious person, per se. But even if you are, the main point of that clip was to encourage men to be responsible and to point out that that's your personal responsibility to your family and to your community. Because if all of us just took care of our families, that is the community. But because we're in a crisis situation, we now have to do double time. First job is your family. Second job is your community because we have fallen behind. Lady Future, let's clip it. Here in the U.S. are English-speaking Africans. Africans in Trinidad are English-speaking Africans. Africans in Jamaica are English-speaking Africans. Just like Africans who live in Ghana, just like Africans who live in Kenya, just like Africans who live in Zimbabwe. English-speaking Africans are still Africans, no doubt about it. Africans in Haiti are French-speaking Africans. Africans in Martinique are French-speaking Africans. Just like Africans who live in Guinea, just like Africans who live in Algeria, just like Africans who live in the Congo, French-speaking Africans are still Africans, no doubt about it. Africans in Cuba are Spanish-speaking Africans. Africans in Colombia are Spanish-speaking Africans. Africans in Venezuela are Spanish-speaking Africans. Just like Africans who live in Equatorial Guinea, Spanish-speaking Africans are still Africans, no doubt about it. Africans in Brazil are Portuguese-speaking Africans, just like Africans who live in Angola, just like Africans who live in Mozambique, just like Africans who live in Guinea-Bissau. Portuguese-speaking Africans are still Africans, no doubt about it. We're all Africans, we're all Africans, we're all Africans. Learn to explain it, learn to celebrate it, learn to... I like the way that brother put that down. He did that so nice, and it kind of makes you say, hmm, at least that's the impact it had on myself. Lady Future, let's clip it. What's up, guys? It's Attorney Muhammad Luwumba from Luwumba Law Group and the Don't Go to Prison Initiative. I just got done with the court hearing, but right before my court hearing, I saw a guy get sentenced to life on a murder charge. He took a plea deal. 
and the plea was life with parole because if he would have went to trial and got convicted, it would have been life without parole. They had him dead to right. It was at an intersection about six, seven cameras saw him do this from what I heard from what the prosecutor said. And basically a guy cut him off. It was a road rage incident. He got mad because he's emotional and was probably not raised with a man in the house. And he shot the guy at a red light, shot him twice in the neck. So the judge gave him life with parole, which means he's going to do 30 years to the dope before he's even eligible for, for parole. And he may not even get parole. He may die in jail. So the don't go to prison tip for the day, especially for men, is move with testosterone, intelligence and logic and not estrogen and emotion. Now his dumb ass going to be in jail for the next 30 years because somebody cut him off in the doggone street. Think twice. Don't go to prison. Peace. And this brother's an attorney. And this is not the first time that he mentioned something about our young African-American man response to something that they don't like. Lady Future, let's clip it. I took a lot of heat on a video that got like a gazillion views when I said black culture has become trash. I was reacting to a sexy red Suki Hana video. Check out this young ballet teacher. And another thing that's heart-wrenching is horrifying. It is horrifying. Your five-year-old daughters are asking to listen to Pound Town and Ski Yee. Your daughters, your five-year-old daughters are asking, can we hear Pound Town? I'm playing them Princess Tiana ballet music. And they are asking me, can we hear Pound I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I'm so scared for these little girls today because this is the most insane, insane agenda push I have ever seen in my life. We do freeze dance. You guys' daughters are twerking at five. Five. Where is the parenting? Where is the boundaries? So I said what I said what I said. This shit is trash. You got five-year-olds twerking. The parents need to be parented because clearly they don't know what the hell they're doing. We need to bring back traditional households, get the fathers back in the home. Single motherhood is not going to cut it. Hit the button. A fucking crisis, a pandemic with this single mother and shit. But it is a proven fact that single mother households produce the worst product. Facts. It's 100% a fact. fact, yeah. If you take two-parent households, single father household, single mother household. Statistically, based on facts, yep. the household with the woman heading it by herself produces the worst product. And for our people, for black people, for African-American people, those single mother households are the reason why prisons are filled with a good majority of our people. You are 100% people, right? right. So these are facts. You yep. sit this on the table, here go the fact. And then you say, so y'all need to start valuing men being involved in the lives of your children. I can't make you be with your baby daddy or we can't say that somebody has to stay with somebody because we know that children are being born out of situations where the two people aren't healthy together. Yeah. But you having access to a man and a woman during your upbringing needs to be brought back. I, I, I got to laugh when I say this because, you know, the females get so mad. Into drill music and any song that has to do with killing of our people. Enough is enough. How can we party to somebody rapping about killing you and somebody that looks like you? Killer N-word this, killer nigga this, killer that, killer nigga that, killer nigga. 
Like, bro, the consciousness within our community needs to evolve. It was getting to me so bad because it, it went to the point where every time I saw a black person that looks like me, that's around my age group, I automatically think like, okay, I have to clutch up or I have to like figure out, a, you know what I'm saying? I'm always kind of looking over my shoulder. Why, bro? Why? And to be honest, I don't feel the same when I see other races. I don't. I real life don't. So consciously, you know what you're doing, but subconsciously, you brainwashing yourself to look at yourself as a target. The same way that I look at that black person that looks like me is the same way that I look at myself. I might not admit it, but that's the same way that I look at myself. How much longer are we going to promote the killing of ourselves? How much longer are we going to keep saying it's artistic expression? Anytime I hear any song that talks about killing a nigga, this killing, I stop it right away. We are the only group of people that rap about killing each other. We need to start holding ourselves accountable because I guarantee you, there's nobody else that's gonna have our best interests at heart like we are gonna have our best interests at heart. If you cannot rap about anything else but killing somebody that looks like me, killing somebody that looks like you, you are not the type of person that I wanna support, nor are you the type of person that I wanna listen to. Because there's nothing but pure garbage that's coming out of your When I say the times have changed, the time have changed. I never in my life thought I'd see so many men behave the way they behave and think that they still men. I've never in my life thought I'd see so many men borrowing women's money, not paying them back, thinking that that's alpha man crap. I've never seen men uh, drive women's cars and think that's alpha. You have men that are, that are meet a girl with a Mercedes and start driving a Mercedes and now he think he's a Mercedes man. I never in my life thought men would fall to so low. I never in my life thought I'll meet so many men who have no morals, no principles, no integrity. They stand for nothing. But when you speak on them, they get upset. There's a reason why a lot of these women don't respect men. Because a lot of these men behave like little boys. And they're so codependent. They're not looking for wives. They're looking for mommies. And that's really the dilemma. The dilemma. I've never in my life thought I'd see so many men who are practically homeless and looking for somewhere to live. They meet women. You know, what happened to you bringing your woman to your house and cleaning up before she come there so therefore you can court her and make her see that you're a real man? What, what happened to that? Now it seems like more men are moving in with women and thinking that they can take over and run the place. I wonder why the woman don't respect you. Because in her vision, in her mind, she don't see that as a man. She may accept you. She may love you, but she'll never respect the fact that you behave such. See, a lot of times you say, why are women talking away? It's you liberals who have lifted them up, Howard. Paul, you conservatives make a mistake. You can't afford to strangle hope in people. Without hope, people become dangerous. No, Howard, you liberals have let them invade our society. You give them jobs political job. Paul, you missed the point. It's only the smart ones we move up. <laughs> that makes it even worse. No, you know, we have to move them up. If we leave a smart one in the ghetto, he might develop into a leader against us. But if we raise him up into white society, we neutralize him. He feels compelled to try to act like us. He loses his identity and uh, his racial anger, if he has any. He becomes alien to his brothers. They realize he sold them out and they grow to hate him. He becomes worthless to them and safe for us. Uh, no, thank you. In fact, in his love for the creature comforts, except for his color, he's become one. Thugs are the new white supremacy. These people are oppressing everybody black in the community. They even co convince you that 
no snitching. Dude, how is he snitching? He's a civilian. <laughs> like, you in his hallway selling crack, and if he's telling you that he's a snitch, and that thing no. had literally yeah. been, like, literally brainwashing all of us to think this. And I'm like, yo, this is stupid. He being a civilian, he paid rent. Why should his child, or her child, go to school and get harassed every morning? At this point, white supremacy is on vacation and left the keys to niggas. Now, I got to tell you, all of that recent information, they have one thing in common, the African-American male. And what's so scary is there's so many different opportunities that lie within the African-American man that needs to change, that has to change. Because again, my favorite saying, if it's like this now, what is it gonna be in 50 years? And most of these people that are talking about this, they have a genuine love for the community because trust me when I say this, it gives me no pleasure on this show to talk about the opportunities that exist and the challenges that we face when we, as African-American men, have the ability to change it. We're articulate enough, we're educated enough, there is no excuse. So when it's time for you to go home, and what I mean is when you're no longer on this earth and you look back, you're going to say, could I have another chance? No. Only if I would have known. Well, now you know. Lady Future, let's clip it. If Dr. King were to come back here today, 50 years after his death, he would be ecstatic that Barack Hussein Obama is president. He predicted it. He predicted there would be a black president within 40 years. But he would be angry with black people about every single thing else. He would just simply look at black people and say, is this what I took a bullet for? We're at the bottom of every single statistic that matters in America. For the 35th year in a row, we're at the bottom of the SAT scores. For the 35th year in a row, Asians are now at the top. They've replaced white males and white females. Black baby boomers will be the first generation of Africans in America to raise another generation of Africans in America that will not do better than them. So in the 400-year history of our people, we are the only generation to raise another generation that will be worse off. So A, we need our asses kicked. B, you can count me out of that. I will not be a part of that equation. And you must not be a part of that equation. We ought to be ashamed of ourselves. We cannot allow that to happen on our watch. I got to tell you, um, and that's Brother George Frazier. And more and more, and each year, the communication gets more and more intense. More and more calling us to the carpet. And I've said this, but the expression that I've used, we're the generation that dropped a baton. And we own it. And that's why I say baby boomers and Generation X, African-American men, you own this. And the least you could do is go out fighting because I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up hope. I believe in our people and I've seen it. So for someone that's seen the success, I know we can be successful. We own this, brothers. Lady Future, let's clip it. Years 
black people were murdered, raped, hung, and forced to work for no money. For, not for a year, not for three years, not for 10 years, not for 50 years, but for 350 years. That's a long, long time, and that debt has not been paid. So Malcolm was the first one, and even before Malcolm, the Nation of Islam was the first organization that was pointing out the fact that there's been an imbalance. And they were, they were looking it right in the eye, and he, was their, he, was, he became their biggest spokesman and, and their most uh, powerful speaker. And he confronted that issue. He said, this, this debt has to be paid. This has to be balanced out. This has to be dealt with. We're killed in this country by white people. Uh, over the over the course of uh, 300 some odd years of slavery and we don't really deal with that black people don't really deal with it white people don't really deal with it you know we have to really look at what happened here and uh, in a sense we all need therapy yeah you know serious serious therapy I mean you can legislate some uh, some some laws and, the, and there were wonderful things that went on in the 50s and 60s with the civil rights movement and we were allowed to sit in the front of the bus or, or go to the bathroom next to white people or drink water next to them or whatever and that's wonderful that's great great strides were made in education and all of those things are, are wonderful but you can't legislate love and you can't change the way people think and i like to think that they're a small minority you know the thing this debt has to be paid and i say this to say we're never going to catch up based on the unification of African-American men. So African-American sisters, African-American men that are in politics, this is supposed to be your top priority. I don't want to hear nothing about your particular constituents. I don't want to hear nothing about your, your city that you represent or the state you represent. Each decade that goes by that you're in office is putting us further behind when you do not focus on the nation of African-American men. And that reparations, it better come soon. And I mean soon, because in 10 years, number one, you're not gonna be in office. You won't be getting elected because many of your constituency will not know how to read and for surely won't know how to vote. And there's a, there's a movement going on right now, and we're talking now, 2024 coming up. You're probably going to see the worst African-American turnout in years. And for you to turn a blind eye to what many of us are talking about, you're the very reason why this is happening. Lady Future, let's clip it. And cannot have a white man as a friend. He may have a white man who's friendly, but... Being friendly and being a friend, I think, are two different things. I think there are many whites who act friendly toward Negroes. A fox acts, acts friendly toward the lamb. Mm -hmm. And usually the fox is the one who ends up with the lamb chop on his plate. Mm -hmm. The wolf doesn't act friendly. And therefore the <coughs> wolf has more difficulty in getting the lamb chop in his plate. I'd like to point out that... And I, I, I say that because it is usually the, if you study the structure of the Negro community, mm -hmm. economically, politically, civically, psychologically, and otherwise, it's controlled by the white liberal mm -hmm. who usually poses as the friend of the Negro, who actually differs from the white conservative in, in the same way that the fox differs from the wolf. Mm -hmm. uh, their appetite is the same. 
their motives are the same. It's only their mannerisms and, and methods that differ. Mm -hmm. it, uh, you know, this is how deep Malcolm X was. And then you also had in that era Martin Luther King, Megger Evers, Angela Davis. I mean, I can go on and on, and you're probably sick and tired of hearing it. The issue is, is that this has been going on almost over a half a century. And some of these lectures and interviews of our great leaders of the past, it's starting to get closer to 100 years. So this is all about us turning a blind eye and letting the ego get in the way because that's the only thing that's in the way. So I'd just like to end this show with thank you for allowing me the hour and spending an hour with me with the Tough Love Messenger. Again, as I say, I'm your host, King Vision. And we have the show the second Sunday and the fourth Sunday of every month. And I'll see you on the other side. Peace.